Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 16. And we'll start reading at verse 16. Praise the Lord. Praise God. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to see everybody in church with us. If you haven't got the opportunity, you can see the, uh, what do they call that? Decoupage collage of of pictures in the back on the board uh, back there by the back door, uh, pictures of the VBS that we had here this week, and we're so thankful for all those that were a part of that and helping work and decorate and teach and uh, keep track of all those little curtain climbers. Man, that's a job in itself, just keeping track of them sometimes, and we're so thankful for everybody that that helped with that, and a special thanks to Teresa and Mark Vandergrift, who uh, did most of the decorating and the preparation and preparing for that. Why don't we give them a hand this morning? We're so thankful. Amen. It's, it's truly a sacrifice of time and effort and energy to pour into the kingdom of God. Anytime that you do anything for the kingdom, it's going to be a self-sacrifice. And, and we're thankful for the sacrifices of all those that, that were a part of that. Amen. I believe it was a great success. Uh, quick thank you to Ethan Clark who came and taught the lessons. He's a young minister from um, the Zanesville Church. We love him very much. We're thankful that he was here uh, to be a part of that. Amen? Amen. Acts chapter 16 and verse 16. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us. Every spirit is not of God. which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive neither to observe, being Romans, 
And the multitude rose up together against them, and magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. So get a picture. Not only are they put in prison, they're put into the inner prison where there's extra guards and they're placed in stocks so they can't move about uh, themselves. They're stuck in one place. Somebody say they're stuck. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, somebody say immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Do we believe the Bible? Do we believe that that this actually happened? This is not just a story. These are actual events. And the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that all the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do not thyself harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. Praise the Lord. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. Praise is your way out. Praise is your way out. Amen. Why don't you lay your Bibles down, lift your hands unto the Lord this morning, and just ask him to speak to you right now where you're at. God, we need you today. Lord, we're thankful for your presence that we feel in this house. God, we're thankful for your eternal word. We know that's anointed. God, we pray that you would anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to be understanding of your word. God, I pray that you would anoint me to speak your word today, God. Anoint me, God, with a, with a coal off of the altar, Lord. God, anoint me to speak your word, God. Lord, I pray that your anointing, Lord, would flow in this house. God, the type of anointing that breaks chains, that destroys strongholds, God, that, that destroys bondage in our lives, God. I pray that there would be a clarity in the spirit this morning. God, that you would speak with direction. Lord, God, that you would speak, God, with complete clarity, God, shine your light, Lord, upon us this morning that we might see, God, let your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. 
You can be seated in the presence of the Lord today. Amen. God is so good. Amen. Has God been good to you? Amen. Every one of us have an obligation this morning to, to be thankful to the Lord for life. Amen. Are you thankful for life? Amen. I got something I want to read to you today in the opening of this message. Uh, the author of this is unknown. Uh, but I came, I came across it about a year ago, almost to the day. And the Lord brought it back to uh, my mind here this week as I was pondering the word of the Lord and, and meditating upon God. Um, the writer says there was a moment when Moses had the nerve to ask God what his name was. God was gracious enough to answer. And the name he gave, recorded in the original Hebrew as Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. No vowels, Y-H-W-H. Over time, we've arbitrarily added an A and an E to make it more readable. Amen. Presumably because we have a preference for vowels in our English language. But scholars and rabbis have noted that the letters Y-H-W-H represent not just letters, but breathing sounds or aspirated consonants. When pronounced without intervening vowels, it actually sounds like breathing. Yahweh. Yahweh. So a baby's first cry, his first breath speaks the name of God. A deep sigh calls his name or a groan or grasp that is too heavy for mere words. Even an atheist would speak his name unaware that they, their very breath is giving constant acknowledgement to God. Likewise, a person leaves this earth with their last breath when God's name is no longer filling their lungs. So when I can't utter anything else is my cry calling out his name. Being alive means I speak his name constantly. So it is heard the loudest when I am the quietest. In sadness, we breathe heavy sighs. In joy, our lungs feel almost like they will burst. In fear, we hold our breath and have to be told to breathe slowly to help us calm down. When we're about to do something hard, we take a deep breath to find our courage. When I think about it, breathing is giving him praise. Even in the hardest moments, this is so beautiful and fills me with emotion every time I grasp the thought. God chose to give himself a name that we can't help but speak every time, every moment we're alive. All of us, always, everywhere, waking, sleeping, breathing with the name of God on our lips. Amen. This passage or this, this, these statements by this writer gives new meaning to, to, to the Psalm 115, 117 that says, the dead praise not the Lord. Amen. The dead praise not the Lord. 
Amen. It's the, the, the breath. Amen. Is the sign of life. Amen. Are you breathing this morning? Ask your neighbor, are you breathing? If we had an emergency situation where an EMS was called, the first thing they would check would be, is he or she breathing? Before we do anything else, we have to restore that. We can figure out everything else later. We can figure out what the problem is. We can diagnose the exact situation. But the first thing we have to do in order to preserve the life is to restore the breath. Inhale brings in fresh oxygen, which exhale discards dangerous chemicals like carbon dioxide. So with every breath we breathe in, we breathe in life. And every exhale, we exhale out that which is in the body, which needs to be discarded. Amen. How many know when God created man, he knew what he was doing? John 1, 1 through 9. Amen. The Bible tells us all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. Somebody say, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. We have to understand this morning that all things were made by him. Amen. All things were made for him. In him was life. And that light, that life was the light of men. The Bible says that that was the true light that lights every man that comes into the world. Every man that is born into the world, every person, every human that's born into the world that comes alive and breathes in that breath of life. They are taking in the life and the glory of God. There is no life without God. Come on. There is no no, no, no spirit without God. There is no breath without God. The only reason that we exist in this life is because he wanted to give us life. I want to tell somebody this morning, the reason you're in this world is because God wanted to give you life. The reason you're breathing today is because God has sustained your life. The reason that you have life today is because of him. Somebody say amen. Amen. Breathing in and breathing out. It's a blessing from the Lord. In Genesis 2 and 7, then the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. He created the man. He formed the man, the Bible says. He, he, he had a plan in mind when he began to form Adam from the dust of the ground. To form something is to put your hands on it like a potter puts his hands on the clay. When he made everything in this world, he spoke it into existence. But when he began to 
make the man. He began to form him. Amen. He had a specific plan in mind when he formed the man. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, breathing into him his very own life, his very own energy, his very own being. Amen. I want to tell you when man breathed that first breath of life, his lungs had never before inhaled and expanded and received what God had for him. But the moment that he breathed in for the first time, his eyes came open. Come on. He began to exhale and inhale after the similitude of God. I come to tell you, when God gives life, it is life indeed. The reason we have life this morning is because of the creator. Somebody say amen. Amen. The very creation speaks of his genius. Everything that he made. Amen. The very breath that we breathe in speaks of the the, the greatness of our creator. Somebody say amen. His light is his glory. And his glory is his life. Amen. He is the one that gives life to everything. Nothing has life without God's life. Somebody say amen. Every man that comes in the world is lit with the life of God. That's why in Psalm 150 and verse 6, he said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen. This is not a request. Come on. This is, he's not asking us to praise the Lord. He's commanding everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. In fact, everything that has breath doesn't have any, any other thing to do but to praise the Lord because, because the breath in and of itself is a representation of the life of God. And every time that I inhale and every time that I exhale, it is giving a, a, a praise to my my maker. It is speaking to about my creator every time that I wake up in the morning and I breathe in and breathe out. Come on, all through the night as I breathe in and breathe out, my life, the very essence of my life is speaking of the greatness of God. In fact, when the whole creation is an, come on, it's an example of the greatness of God. Somebody say Amen. Everything that has breath is praising God. Everything that has breath is pointing to the greatness of God. Everything that has breath, all of its creation, all of its processes are pointing to the greatness of our maker. We have to understand today that all the worlds were made by him and for him. He is in the center of everything that was made. In fact, your life was created to bring glory to God. The fact that we're breathing this morning for some of us uh, is an absolute miracle that we have breath in our lungs. I come to tell you, he's preserved you for such a time as this. Amen. Can anybody lift your hands this morning and just thank God for life? Come on, thank him for the breath in your lungs. Thank him this morning that you have life, that you have a sound mind, that you have the ability to live today. Life is a blessing. Somebody say, life is a blessing. Elbow your neighbor and ask him, are you, are you breathing? Do we need to do CPR? 
Come on, are we breathing this morning? Amen. The Bible says that the dead praise not the Lord because the dead have no representation of life. Come on. And breath is the, is the very essence of life. Come on, breath, the, the breath that we breathe is the essence of our life. All things that he made, amen, were made from things that do not appear. And we understand our creator based on the things that he had made. We understand the things that are not seen by the things that are seen. Come on, we understand that breath gives life. Come on, we understand that if I don't have breath, I don't have life. Come on, if I'm not breathing, then I'm not alive. Breath speaks of God and his greatness. Come on, breath also speaks of the spirit of God. How many know the spirit of God is the breath of God? Amen. The Bible says that, that, that when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost, he was speaking of his breath. Come on, the breath of God. He was speaking of the very, the very importance and necessity of the Spirit of God in our lives. That without the Spirit of God in our lives, our spirits are not alive. Come on, without the breath of God, we do not have the life of God. Come on, somebody. Amen. The very breath that we have represents the spirit of God. Amen. We have to understand that the spirit of God is the life of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. How many know that the scripture that was breathed down was breathed out from the Spirit of God. If you look up the word inspiration, it means it was God-breathed. Amen. So the Word of God that God breathed forth is filled with the life of God. Amen. He said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. In fact, it carries with it the Spirit of God and the life of God. You know, the Word of God has the ability to bring life to something that's dead. The Word of God has the ability, the, 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 the inspired Word of God, the scriptures of the Lord, that when the Holy Ghost moved moved on holy men of God and they, they began to write, write as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost, those words that God spoke, they carry with it spirit and they carry with it life. Come on, we got we to gotta fall in love with the Word of God, understanding that the Word of God is full of the life of God and without the life of God, we cannot breathe. Somebody say amen. Just as the body without the spirit is dead. Come on, amen. How many know that the spirit is what brings life? Mm. Somebody say, I want to breathe. I want to breathe. I want to have a greater a desire for that which is God's. Amen. I want God to breathe on me. I want him to, to, to inhale into me. I want him to speak to me. Come on. I want to take into my being that, that, that which is of God and of God alone. Amen. We have to fill ourselves with the word of God and with the spirit of God. Amen. It is our responsibility to fill our lives with that which is of God. Amen. There has to be a hunger and a desire in us 
for more of the things of God. Amen. I don't want less of God. I want more of God. If we're in a position where we want less of God and more of the world, we're in danger of losing our salvation. We need to get a hunger for more of God and less of this world because the more I get of God, the more I become more like God. Somebody say amen. I want more of him. Somebody say that. I want more of him. Breathing is not just taking in, but it's exhaling. Amen. Somebody say inhale and exhale. Inhale is us breathing in and taking in that which is of God. And exhaling is that which is coming out of us, which is of God. Somebody say amen. I know you're breathing in this morning, but are you breathing out? What we breathe out is a representation of what's on the inside of us. What comes out of our mouths is a representation of what's in our hearts. We can't breathe out what we haven't taken in. Somebody say amen. We only breathe out what we've taken in. In Acts chapter 9, we see that Saul breathed out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. Amen. He was breathing out what was in him, which was slaughter, come on, which was anger, which was murder. Amen. He breathed it out onto other people. He was breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples. How many know that Saul that breathed out threatenings against the disciples was the same Paul that wrote most of the New Testament? Amen. You can't at one point in your life be exhaling death. Amen. But then in another part of your life, be exhaling life. We exhale ultimately what's on the inside of us. So I ask you this morning, what are you filling yourself with? Amen. You know what? The Bible tells us to be temperate in all things, to be under control, to be content. Amen. To live our lives in moderation. Amen. Not having too much of one thing, but live our lives in moderation. Amen. Understanding that there are the things of this life that can intoxicate us and overwhelm us and overtake our lives. The only thing that he doesn't warn about taking too much of is the spirit of God. He says, be filled with the Spirit because the Bible's telling us this because he wants us to understand that which we're full of is that which is going to come out of us. Elbow your neighbor and ask him, what are you full of? What is the majority, what is in the majority of your container? Amen. That's a question. Luke 6, 45, he says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And you look up that word abundance and it means that which fills the heart or that which has the majority of the heart. 
Let that sink in for a minute. Is it possible for us to, to know the Lord and to still be an evil tree? Is it possible? Is it possible for us to, to know God and still bring forth that which is evil? Amen. It depends on where you're at and the condition of your heart in a particular moment. Have you ever had a moment where something happened to you and your heart was filled with fear? And all of a sudden, out of your mouth began to come fear. Somebody say amen. Have you had a moment where your heart was filled with anger? And out of your heart, the mouth began to speak angry words. Have you ever been offended in a moment? Amen. And you speak out in that moment and you begin to talk about things that are bothering you. Come on. You begin to let your heart spill itself out from your mouth. But we have to understand the words that come out of our mouth is a representation of who we are. It's what we're taking in. Amen. And I got to come to tell you this morning that you can be going through a terrible situation and you can still be good. You can be going through hell on earth and still be good. Come on. You can be going through offense and struggle and have bad things happen to you and still be good. We can't let that that's on the outside penetrate and get in on the inside. Because when it gets on the inside, it's going to come out of our mouths. Come on, somebody. And Jesus said every idle word that we speak, we're going to be judged for it. Amen. We have to understand words are important. Amen. Words mean something. Amen. When God inhaled and exhaled, he exhaled creation. Come on. Everything that he spoke was a representation of who he was. It was good. Somebody say it was good. Everything that he spoke into existence, it worked perfectly. Come on. It was perfectly made, perfectly created, in harmony with everything else that he created. Amen. Every word that came forth from his mouth was meant for a purpose, a creative purpose, to bring glory to his majesty. Amen. And so when he breathed into man the breath of life, he created, created man in his own image and after his own likeness and to stand in his place in the earth with dominion over everything and to be able to speak to the creation and the creation do what he said. Your words are powerful. Proverbs says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our circumstances are either made better or made worse by the words that we speak. What? I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. What are we exhaling today? Are we exhaling faith? Are we exhaling praise? Are we exhaling that which is of God? Or are we exhaling doubt, unbelief, sickness, disease? Come on. I come to challenge you this morning. It's time to be filled with the fullness of God so we can prophesy the things that be of God. Somebody say amen. 
out of the abundance of the heart, we breathe. Have you ever noticed that you can't talk without breathing? Have you ever tried to talk and not breathe? Because breathing and talking go hand in hand. What are you breathing? Ask your neighbor, what are you breathing this morning? Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were ministering the gospel. They were, they were uh, called to Macedonia, the Bible says, and they were in Philippi. And Mo, Paul saw a man in, in, in his sleep or in a trance, in a vision of a man saying, asking him to come to Macedonia. And so he took that as a word from the Lord and direction to go to Macedonia. And so he, he took him and his guys that were with him and they went to Philippi, which is one of the cities of, of Macedonia. And they're, they're there ministering the word of the Lord. And there was a happening that happened where this lady was following him around and, and, and she was telling everybody that these are men of God and, and that they're here to show us the way of salvation. Following them around daily. These are the men of God, and they're here to show us the way of salvation. These are the men of God, and, and uh, she's, she's using her influence to try to, to try to point people in their direction, and she's saying the right things, but the spirit of the thing didn't feel right. Somebody say Amen. It matters what spirit we're of. It matters what spirit something is of. You know, uh, there, there's people that sometimes say the right things, but there's the spirit of it is bad. Come on. Well, Paul picked up on it, and he said, come out of her in Jesus' name. The Bible says that same hour, her ability to soothsay was gone. She could no longer help the men of the city to, to make money. Amen. They were using her to make money off of her and make great gain off of her. And, and he, he set them all free. Somebody say amen. They didn't want to be set free. They took them and doing the work of the Lord, they took them and they, they beat them. The Bible says they stripped their clothes and beat them. With many stripes. Somebody say many stripes. Whipped them with many stripes. Great pain brought great pain upon their bodies. Stripped them of their clothes. Threw them in prison. Commanded that they be put in the deeper part of the prison. Amen. Where they put their feet in stocks. They're, they're, they're in a situation, a circumstance that they didn't ask for. They didn't expect. Okay, they didn't expect to go to prison. They didn't expect to be beaten like that. Come on. They, they didn't expect to end up where they were at. They're in prison. It's dark. It's cold. They're bleeding from their wounds. Their strength has been taken. Come on. They, at that point, don't have any direction for their future. 
Come on, they don't have any reason. They don't have any explanation of how they ended up where they're at. Hey man, how many know we sometimes we always feel like we need to have an explanation for where we're at? We, we need to have an explanation for what we're going through. Because if we can find an explanation for it, then we can explain why God, who loves us, has us in this place. But we have to understand that God's ways are not our ways, or neither is his thoughts our thoughts. But his ways are far above our, like the heavens are above the earth, so is his ways higher than our ways, and his thoughts than our thoughts. Amen. We have to understand, regardless of what we're going through, God is still God. Amen. Paul and Silas understood that regardless of what they were experiencing, the pain in their body, the bleeding from their sores, the nakedness of having been stripped from everything that they have, being put in prison, locked in one place, unable to move, and unable to get themselves free. That's a bad situation, isn't it? What do you do in a bad situation? Let me tell you, God hates me. Why would God do this to me? Why would God allow this to happen? I was doing the work of the Lord. <laughs> Come on. I was doing it God's way. And I ended up here. You know, you can be doing the, all the right things and end up in a bad place. Amen. It happens to all of us. Amen. Uh, it rains on the just and on the unjust. Come on. How many know that, 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 that the world don't persecute people that are, 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 that are doing what they're doing? Come on. The world don't persecute people that are acting the way they act and uh, talking the way they talk and going where they go and doing what they're doing. They persecute people that take a stand that are an example of God's presence in the earth. Amen. When you're breathing out the things of God, you're going to be persecuted by the world. But Jesus said, take heart in this. They did it to me. They're going to do it to you. And the fact that they're doing it to you means that you have me. Amen. A bad situation. It couldn't get any worse, really. Can you imagine the thoughts that Paul had in, his, in the revival for Macedonia? He didn't think it was going to start there. Right? He thought he'd be in the temple preaching. The glory of God would settle in the temple. People would fall out in the Holy Ghost, get the Holy Ghost, be saved. The glory of God would settle in the church house and, and they would, the people would just come running to the altar and get saved. He didn't picture being in prison. So in this moment, Paul and Silas are in a dilemma. They know what they saw. They know what the Lord wanted them to do. They're, they knew that they were supposed to go to Macedonia. They knew it. But they've ended up here. Now what? How, how am I going to save anybody in the prison? Somebody say amen. How am I going to save anybody locked in stocks? 
They can't even get out from where they're at. They're stuck in one place. Amen. But the Bible says at midnight, they began to pray and sing praises unto God. And see, to, 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 to us, that, 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 that sounds simple. Amen. It sounds simple. Yeah, they prayed and they sang praises unto God. But put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself in that cold prison, being treated the way that they were treated. Come on, try to pick, close your eyes and picture it in your mind, being stripped of your raiment, blood pouring from the wounds on your back, wrongfully being beaten, amen, wrongfully accused. Amen, we didn't do anything wrong. We're trying to help people. And they put them in prison and they put them in stocks and now they can't move and they're beaten, been beaten for their trouble and they're in a place it's dark. They can't see their way out of it. Come on, am I painting a good enough picture for you? Amen, there is no way out of this but they began to pray and sing praises unto the Lord. Amen. They, they began to allow what was on the inside of them to come out of them. Amen. Because they understood that God is bigger than any situation. He's bigger than any prison. He's bigger than any beating. He's bigger than any group of people. He's bigger than a magistrate. He's bigger than those that are in charge. He's bigger than everything. God is great and he's greatly to be praised. And when they began to let what's on the inside of them come out of them, God responded. God responded to the breath. God responded to the praises. Amen. God responded to what was on the inside of them, not to what was troubling them. Come on, somebody. And we have to understand what's on the inside of us is always bigger than what's against us. What's on the inside of us is always bigger than what we're struggling with. What we're, what's on the inside of us is greater than any enemy that could ever stand against us or any adversity that could ever stand in our way because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. And this is never proven truer than when you're in a situation that you can't explain, that you can't get out of. Come on. That, that, that you can't even help yourself. The only thing that you can do is let the word of God out of your mouth. Come on. Let the spirit of God flow. Let the words of God pray. Let, 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 spirit, let the spirit of God praise through you. Come on. Because even though you're in a bad place, a dark moment doesn't mean the dark moment's got to get on the inside of you. Because I'm saved regardless of where I'm at or what I'm going through. Hey man, I'm feeling this a lot better than you're responding this morning. I don't know about anybody else in this place. I'm going to let God speak. I'm going to let God breathe. I'm going to let God have control over my circumstance. Huh. You're stuck with a dilemma. Am I going to? If I begin to speak negative, come on. If I began to talk about, well, I, I never should have, I never should have gone to Macedonia. What would have happened if Paul would have started saying, "Silas, I can't believe, I can't believe I brought you here. Silas, I don't know where we're going to go from here. I, I don't even think God knows where we're at. 
Come on. Silas, I, I, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. I, I guess I made the wrong decision. Come on, all of a sudden doubt and unbelief starts creeping in and you start speaking the negative words because whatever's in you is going to come out of you. I can't let what I'm going through get on the inside of me and dictate my future because if it does, it will dictate whether I stay in the prison or whether I get out of the prison, whether I stay in my circumstance or whether I have a victorious outcome. Somebody say amen. But as they begin to... The Bible says at midnight. Somebody say at midnight. Midnight is dark. Somebody say midnight is dark. Amen. Midnight is, is in our time the end of one day and the beginning of another. Somebody say Amen. There's a transition. Amen. At midnight, they begin to pray and sing praises unto the Lord. They begin to let go of what happened yesterday and look forward to what God's going to do today. Amen. What is in your heart this morning? What are you running away from? What are you walking away from? What are you, what are you coming out of? Come on. Well, well, what's going on in your life? Amen. That's got you bound. Well, what is it that's going on in your life that's got you shackled? Amen. What is the circumstance in your world that seems to, to have control over your life and control over your mind and control over your heart, control over the words of your mouth? What is it that's so big that's bigger than God? Amen. We need to refill ourselves this morning. We need to get a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God in our lives and start speaking the Word of the Lord to our situations. Amen. I believe that the something in Paul began to rise up as he began to pray and feel the presence of the Lord and began to quote the Scripture and quote the Word of God and quote the vision that God had put in his heart and they began to lift up their voices and sing praises unto the Lord. The Bible says all the prisoners heard him. And all of a sudden, there was an earthquake. Shaking everything. The house is shaking. Everything's moving. <laughs> I got one response. Thank you. Thank you for that. That blessed me. Amen. He probably wasn't, wasn't even responding to me, but... Right, laughing at mom, but it felt good anyways. When there's an earthquake, everything stops. Amen. All of a sudden, God triggered an earthquake, shook everything in that house. The Bible says that the foundation of the prison was shaken. Amen. The, sh the prison was shaken off of its foundation. All of the doors flew open. Amen. All of the, the bands fell off. What they were bound with, all of a sudden they were loosed. That, that's the thing about, they probably deserve to be in there, some of them. 
Amen. They, they, they committed the crime. They're doing the time. Somebody say amen. They, they, they did the wrong and, and now they're paying for it. Amen. Not everybody was put in there wrongfully. They probably deserved to be in prison, son of them. But that didn't matter to God. Because when he shakes the foundation of the prison, when, when, the, when, when the people understand that our praise and our prayer has the ability to shake the very foundation of the prison that's holding everybody bondage, it gives us a different outlook on life. Because I'm not the only one in the prison that I'm in. Come on, somebody. I'm not the only one struggling. I'm not the only one with stocks. I'm not the only one with chains. Why don't we get out of our pity party and understand it's about the people around us. Amen. It shook everything. All of a sudden, they're free. Woo! I believe there was some shouting in that prison house. Some of them probably been in there a long time. Had, had no prayer of ever getting out. The only opportunity. That's where the revival started. You know, that's where the revival of Macedonia started. It was in that prison. If Paul would have never been put in the prison... The revival never would happen. Because when, whenever God wants to do something great, he puts us in places where people need God. Amen. When, 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 the, when the Lord told the prophet Ezekiel to go to the valley of dry bones, come on. He didn't send him there because there's a bunch of, an army already standing on his feet. Come on, he didn't send him there because, because they were already winning victories. He didn't send him there. He sent him there because there was a valley of dry bones, but he had a plan. Come on. And he says, shall these bones live? Shall, shall these bones be able to come back to life? Are these bones going to be able to live again? And the prophet said, you're asking me? All I see is just a bunch of remains of what used to be. You're asking me? Can these bones live? Well, I'm scared to say the wrong thing. Right? Lord, thou knowest. That's, that's got to be our outlook. Right? I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but... God knows. Come on. I, I don't know how I'm going to come out of this. God knows. I, I don't know what God's trying to do, but he knows. Amen. God's not caught by surprise by the prison. He's not caught by surprise by the stocks. He's not caught by surprise by the number of dry bones in the valley. Come on. All he needs is somebody that's willing to speak his word, to breathe out the breath of life. Come on. To let God breathe through them so that they might experience a resurrection It matters what we say. It matters what we speak. It matters what we allow to come out of our mouths. Come on. It matters because it's a representation of what's in the heart. If you got a problem with your mouth this morning, you need to have a heart change. You need to get in prayer and allow God to fill you with something that's of his. Somebody say amen. 
Somebody say, speak faith. Stand with me all around the building this morning. Amen. It takes faith to praise God in the middle of trouble. It takes faith. It takes faith to to look at a circumstance that looks unchangeable and speak positive. And I know what people say about the power of positive thinking and uh, the power of positive words. I, I I believe all that too, but but our words have to be founded in the word of God. Amen. It's not just about speaking positive. It's about speaking God's plan. It's about speaking God's praise. Who God is. Come on, because when we begin to understand who he is and glorify him for who he is, he always shows up. And regardless of what we're going through, where we find ourselves at this morning, There's one way out, and that's through praise and prayer unto God. Praise realigns us with the will and the purpose of God. Have you ever been in a bad situation? That thing, you've been in it so long that it seems like there's never going to be relief. And that thing starts getting down on the inside of you and begins to drag you down with it. You know, you're not defeated or dead until he takes your praise. You're not really truly dead until the praise quits coming out of your mouth. Because the dead praise not the Lord. Come on, somebody. I'm not out of it as long as I understand my praise has power. But if the state of our soul, our heart, begins to reflect what we're going through, amen, there's times where I've gotten low and I didn't know what to do and I didn't know how to get out of it, but I stumble into a church service. And I listen as the people of God begin to raise their hands. Their lives aren't perfect. Come on, look around at the people. Our lives are not perfect. Nobody's life is perfect. Amen. The fact that you can only praise God when things are perfect means you're going to have very little praise for God. Come on, somebody. Our lives are not perfect. These people are not perfect, but we understand who is. Come on, we understand that God is. His ways are perfect. That God is perfect. All the ways of the Lord are perfect. And those people would begin to lift their hands and sing praises unto the Lord. And someone would fall on their knees and some would just cry and weep before God. And some would dance before the Lord in his presence. Amen. Why? Because they understand who he is. It's not because they're not struggling. It's not because they don't have problems. It's not because they don't have chains. But they understand their way out is through their praise. Amen. Praise is a weapon. Elbow your neighbor and tell him your praise is a weapon. If you look all throughout scripture, 
you're going to find where God used the praise of his people to win victories. Amen. Amen. Jehoshaphat had an army coming against him. The Lord told him to put the praisers out in front. Read it. Amen. They put the praisers out in front. Here they come out to war. They got the tambourines banging. They got the singers singing and the trumpets blowing. Come on, somebody. They come with a worship first. It it confused the enemy. They start fighting against each other. Amen. They got all turned around. They didn't know what was what. Amen. And the Bible says that they slew all of their enemy because of their praise. Praise is a weapon. Do we believe the Bible? Come on, your praise is a weapon. It was the shout of Joshua and the armies of Israel that brought Jericho walls down. Come on, it was the shout. Somebody say, it was the shout of God's people. Come on, my shout has power. When I begin to lift my voice unto the Lord, it has power against my enemies. Somebody say amen. Our praise, our praise gives us power over our circumstances. It really does. Until we get an understanding, come on, of this. I don't know about anybody else. I don't want to stay bound. I don't want to stay where I'm at. Come on, I don't want to stay in this circumstance too long. Amen. My praise is my escape. My praise is my way out of it. Come on. I trust God that he's going to bring me out. He's going to do what he did for Paul. Come on. He's going to do what he did for Silas. He's going to do what he did for those prisoners because of our praise. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now. I don't care what you're going through. Why don't you give God a praise this morning? Why don't you give him the praise of your lips? Tell him how great he is this morning. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. You are the God of heaven and all of earth. You are the God of all creation. You are all powerful. You are all knowing. You are everywhere at the same time, God. You are an on time, God. You are the God that's able to do anything. Come on, with God, all things are possible. I believe it this morning. It is no different in my circumstance. God, I believe that you can change it in a moment. Come on. I believe that you can shake it in a moment. I give you praise this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and just worship him right now. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Whose praise is the waters, my enemies drown in. Hallelujah. Long as I'm breathing, I got a reason to pray. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. As long as I'm breathing, I got a reason to praise him. Come on, as long as I'm breathing, I got a reason to praise him. Come on, the dead praise not the Lord. If you're dead this morning, then you don't have a responsibility to lift some praise to God. But you have, if you have life in your body, come on, if you have breath in your lungs, if, you, if you, you have an opportunity right now to give God some praise, come on.
on, I wonder if we could fill these altars this morning. Lift our hands unto the Lord and just sing some praises unto him. You don't need specific words. How do you feel about God? Come on, what's he doing in your life? Are you thankful for what he's brought you out of? Are you thankful for what he's doing? Come on, do you believe he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think? Hallelujah. Come on, praise the Lord this morning with a pure heart. Hallelujah. Come on, begin to talk to those things that are out of place. Come on, Ezekiel, begin to prophesy to those bones, those things that seem to be dead, those things that seem to have no life, and begin to call them back into their place. Come on, Ezekiel, begin to prophesy that sinew and flesh would come back on those bones, and they begin to move and come back into place. Oh, go ahead, Ezekiel, and prophesy unto the wind that the wind would blow and fill that army full of life, and the wind begin to blow, and they stood up on their feet, a great and exceeding army. I come to tell somebody, it's time to prophesy. Come on, prophesy to your situation. Prophesy to that bondage. Come on, prophesy to life. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, speak it. Speak the words of life. Come on, vow to God, I'm not going to let any death come out of my mouth. I'm going to fill myself with life. I'm going to fill myself with the words of God. I'm going to fill myself with the Spirit of God. Come on. I'm going to give myself totally and completely to the will and the plan of God for my life. And I'm going to speak what he has to say. Come on. I'm going to say God's words. I'm going to speak God's words. I'm going to let God breathe. Come on. I'm going to let him breathe on my situation. Come on, breathe on my family. Breathe on my finances. Breathe on my body. Breathe on my mind. Come on, Lord. Breathe upon us today. Wow. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.